What's the cutest game ever to be nominated for the Spiel des Jahres Award? My name's Jonathan, and this is the Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we're going to shine the game spotlight on what might be the most adorable SDJ nominee of all time. It's Machi Koro. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. I'm Jonathan Moriarty. Joining me this week are Steve Tassie. Guten Tag. And Emily Finnerty. Hi. So we've talked about the Spiel des Jahres on the Snakes cast before. Last year we did a couple of episodes about Splendor, Concept, and Camelot. And everybody except Colin erroneously predicted Splendor would win. Well, this year we have another clear frontrunner in Machi Koro by Japanese designer Masao Suganuma. We're, talking, we're going to talk about it and about its chances of winning the world's most prestigious award for tabletop games. So, um, Emily, have you had a chance to play Machi Koro? I have, yes. Okay, what are your impressions of it? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Damning with faint praise. I can feel the lukewarmness from all the way over here. Um, Steve, what were your impressions of it? It's going to win the SDJ. <laughs> wow, the sheer force of the lukewarmness. It's 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 intense. Okay, so it's going to win. That's I. We I, said that about Splendor, Steve. Yeah, but um, yeah, this time Machikoro is the only one that stands a chance. Okay. It, it it it, I think that Splendor, Camel Up, and Concept all had reasons to, to possibly win. I wanted Concept to um, win the Dark Horse. Me too. I've I've played uh, Machikoro. I've played uh, Colt Express. Now I haven't played the game, the but game everything is so long to const. Yeah, everything uh, that I've heard about it just makes me think it's not going to win. And I know that Colt Express, uh, well, you shoot people in it. Yes, and that's, there are guns. That's just, I'm amazed it got nominated, yeah, frankly. it's kind of a third rail for, uh, for SDJ. Which means that Machi Koro wins by default. And that's the only way it could win, because it's boring. <laughs> wow. It's, okay. It's All cute. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Slow your roll there for yeah. a second. Let's, 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 let's take a step back now. Machikoro is a very popular game. It is quite loved, and we've been getting really good results with it at the cafe, too. Yes, we have. Uh, it's fast and easy to teach. People enjoy it. It does. It goes over really well, uh, especially, well, we'll come back to its uses at the cafe a little bit later. For now, let's give people sort of an impression of what this thing looks like. We've got this beautiful sort of powder blue box with this delightful cartoon town on the bottom, really bright primary colors and rounded shapes. Uh, imagine if South Park looked cute. <laughs> It's, kind it's of, very cute. Yeah, yeah it's, it's super very adorable. cute. Um, what does it look like when it's actually laid out on the table? A lot of cards. So many cards. Uh, it, it is. It is. It looks like Dominion. It, it's yes. it's tableau. It, it's Dominion. So it's like a dozen little piles of maybe ten cards each. Yeah, not even that many. But like five uh, or there's something? there's there's a bunch of piles in the center of the table, and each player is going to be building up an extensive tableau of their own cards. Yeah, so there's cards uh, in the middle, and there's more cards in front of you, and cards in front of your friend, and cards in front of that colors. friend. We got yeah. yeah, we got the blue ones, we got the green ones, we got the red ones, and then we got your own. Everybody's got four of the gray ones in front of the start. When yeah. you're trying to flip them over from the gray side, you have to buy gray. them. Uh, exactly, and you're going to need money for all this. And of course, there's little, uh, lots coins. of little coins to keep trying. Cute to little off. round coins with crowns on them. They're adorable. They really are, and uh, even cute wooden dice. Yeah, they, they they made the dice out of wood. You don't see that many wooden dice these days. They're all it's all plastic. But uh, so, yeah, and, and, and even you know, everything about this presents a bright, friendly, warm, inviting atmosphere. And I think that has a lot to do with its nomination uh, and with how well it does at the cafe. But It's, uh, it's Dominion meets Settlers of Catan uh, in, okay. in certain ways. Um, 
but I believe it's mechanically inferior to both of those games. All right, let's let's go into detail about uh, about both parts of that and whether they add up to more or less than the sum of their parts. Let's start with the Settlers of Catan part. How is this game similar to Settlers? Well, the, from what I remember from the flavor text, you are trying to build your town to attract tourists. Is that what it is? You're trying sure. to build a pretty little yeah. town. So you've got, I, I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. well, that oh, makes it sense to me. Is. You've got yeah. like little buildings. You've got, you know, farmers markets and cafes and stuff and whatever. And each of these cards that you have in, in your own little personal tableau, as Steve said, um, has a number on it. Uh, one through to 12. And on your turn, you roll dice, either one or two, and whatever whatever number you roll you do what that card does if you've got a card that does six that has six if you roll six you go to the six card you see what it says and you do it right. and potentially everybody does that for their yes. own buildings as Much well like which, in is, settlers. which is the settlers we roll aspect. a six and that means everybody who's got a building that's got a six on it gets to do a thing although mm-hmm. the green cards only work when it's your turn and the blue cards work on anybody's turn mm-hmm. and then the red ones work on a, someone else's turn exactly someone else rolls a number on one of your red cards you get to do something bad to them so there are neat ideas in the game. I like that idea that certain cards work globally, certain cards work just for you, and then certain cards work for other people. And, and mostly what these effects do is they either give you money or they take money from other players, and you're going to use this money to buy other things, which will go off on other numbers. And this is where the Dominion part comes up. Yeah, the, the deciding what to buy each turn. You you have the field of, of options, and there are they're limited, uh, both by how many different choices there are, but also how many cards are in each pile. So, you know, do you just keep buying wheat fields or, or cheese factories or whatever it is? Do you focus on one thing, or do you diversify and, and spread out? And the answer is diversify and spread out, <laughs> uh, because more numbers equals more chance of doing a that's thing. That's funny. That's also how you win at Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Anyway, um, so and, and, and additionally, each player's got those four uh, gray cards in front of them. You have two, and each of them has a cost. You flip one of those over, it gives you an ability. Flip over all four of them, and you win. And the key one is the station, the cheapest one, the first one that you can buy and that's the one that really sort of changes the game for you. At first, everybody just on your turn just roll one die, which means all those cards out there with numbers between 7 and 12 will never do anything because you can't roll a 7 on just one six-sided die. But as soon as somebody flips over their station card and they're now rolling two dice, now those cards start doing something, and the more people flip those, the less and less useful the low-numbered cards, like 1 and 2, are at this point because those numbers aren't going to get rolled anymore. And you actually have the option to roll one or two. You do? Yeah. Yeah. When you get your station, you can choose. So roll one or two. You could have a station and have no seven cards, so you just to say, yeah, I'm going to stick with the one Well, this die. is awkward. I've been teaching the game wrong. <laughs> I actually it think, happens to the best of us. I actually think I like it better if you, uh, if you have to roll two dice from now on once you do that, because it makes that decision uh, all the more vital. Because to me, that's, that's sort of the crux of the strategic part of the game. When do you flip that card and go from low-rent stuff to high-end stuff? Yeah, with the option, it's it's not a question. It's, do I have five bucks? I buy my station. Um, but playing it the way you play it, yeah, it, it actually becomes a, an important decision. Uh, 
So people love this game at the cafe, I've found. Uh, and mm-hmm. The best use I've found for it is when we have a table full of people and there's that one person who's played Settlers and they think it's the best game ever and they want to introduce their friends to it and their friends are really not there yet. Or it's late at night and they've had a long week and they're tired and they're not up to learning something as lengthy and complex as Catan. Settlers is so easy to play once you know it. Mm-hmm. And so really hard to learn it. Machi Kuro, though, problem Piece of solved. Cake. Yeah, super easy to learn, and that's its biggest advantage. And I think that's the main reason it's going to win the SDJ is because it's so user friendly. Have you uh, have you taught it a lot as uh, at, at the cafe as well? Um, a handful of times, not mm-hmm. that often, because I think it's fine. So. <laughs> and you want to you want to try and bring us something a bit more heavy than that, I yes. guess, but a bit more. Well, in... not necessarily more heavy, but so you can be more enthused about. It. Yes. Has it worked out well generally, though? Well enough, I think. It's worked fine. It's worked just fine. Fine. Just fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't bother teaching it anymore. If somebody asks me to teach them Machikoro, I will absolutely teach them. But I don't recommend it anymore. I did when we first got our hands on the, the Japanese copy that was, we had the only copy in North America yeah, for a little was, while. That was pretty wild. Uh, and I, I would. I would take that out and, and recommend it to people because I'd only played it once at that point. And... When you've played it once, you know it well enough to teach it, but you don't know it well enough to see the lacklusterness that the game actually contains. Okay, so, all right, I guess it's time to get down to brass tacks and talk about what it is about this game that is fine. All right, all right, all right. I've been beating around the bush. I've been telling you, no, 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 let's hold off, let's hold off. Okay, it's time. Just let's, let's unload now. What is it about Machi Kuro that produces such an overwhelmingly mediocre response from game enthusiasts such as yourselves? Uh, well, um, you know how 1% of the population owns something like 85% of the wealth and the land and, yeah. and so on? And they also own the politicians so that the rules are never going to change to to make any of that wealth go to the people who don't have it already? I think I can see where you're going with this. This is that in a box. This is that problem of reality in a little attractive blue box. We need to do an episode called Rich Get Richer, where we're going to talk about how it is that... No, wait, wait, we did. We totally did the Runaway Leader episode. We didn't call it Rich Get Richer, we called it Runaway Leader, but yeah. This game is the epitome of Runaway Leader Syndrome. The player who gets the most money can afford to buy the most cards and therefore get more money to buy all the victory cards. That's it. That That is my big problem with the game, is that the way to win the game is to win the game. Um, if you're losing the game, you're not going to win. Nothing you can do will allow you to win the game Don't if you're not winning victories. it. No, uh, no. It, it, is, it is a game that the first person to get a bit of a lead just snowballs that lead into victory. But it's, it's, a bit, it's, it's about getting a lead on resources, though, not getting a lead on money or points. Well... Uh, the thing is, if you get the lead on money, then unless you're a complete moron, uh, you buy the right cards <laughs> and no one can stop you. Um, Don't mince words, Steve. Yeah. How do you really feel? Uh, it, it's like tic-tac-toe. <laughs> Only someone who's not very smart loses tic-tac-toe. Um, words. Or or is very young, you know, a, a small child. Or is, or is new to, yeah. to games. Someone, someone who hasn't... Um, well, specifically tic-tac-toe. You have to be young or really stupid. 
to to not win that game or not be able to play your opponent to a draw. With Machikoro, you don't need to be stupid. You need to be new to games and not not see how games work. Right. As soon as you can see how games work, yeah, you have to be stupid to blow uh, the advantage of having more money that the game presents. Like, I mean, George W. Bush. <laughs> Does that uh, describe your feelings about it as well? I mean, yes, um, yeah. I also dislike how little player interaction there is. That's true. You can't I'm, really do much to the other players. Yeah, I think there's the, like two. Buy cards. lots of red cards. Yeah, like literally, there's like there's maybe two piles of cards that actually let you do something to another player. Besides that, the only way to kind of do anything, like you like you mentioned, Steve, like there's nothing people can do to stop them. That's the thing. Like I can't do anything to affect you except buy all the stuff that you want before you buy it. And that's not always realistic. I just it's like I'm building my little town with my little cards and it's the same cards everyone else is using, but I could do so like in like a little box and without interacting with anybody. Like I could play this by myself. It's totally fine. Like I I could play this against a computer and the appeal would be the exact same. Yeah, I think I, I really enjoyed the first time I played the game uh, when it was just, oh, this is neat. It's pretty. Uh, I'm rolling dice. I'm getting stuff. I get to buy things. There, there feels like you're making choices because you have all these different cards to buy. But I'm pretty sure by the time I played it the third time, I think the third time I ever played the game, it was just, yeah, I've seen everything this game has to offer. And it's not a lot. And I don't need to ever play it again. And that's why I stopped recommending it to people. What I was hoping for was for a situation where you had to make a choice between flipping over those victory cards versus building up your engine. Like in Dominion. At a certain point in Dominion, you have to stop fussing around getting cards that give you more actions and draw more cards and start buying victory point cards. And the key is knowing just when to make that shift. I was hoping that Machikara would have something like that in there where it's about deciding, okay, do I... Do I start saving up money for my big uh, uh, flip over to win cards, or do I start? Uh, do I keep spending to get uh, to improve my income? Um, that's really the lever on which the game turns. And then there's one earlier decision too, which is when to flip that station. I haven't played the game enough to know whether or not there's actually any game there, but um, sounds based on what I'm hearing here that that's not uh, unfortunately where the development has placed it. Yeah, I would say there's not much game in Machikoro. No. It's, yeah. And people have said that about other SDJ winners. Mm. Um, and like, say, Camel Up? Yeah, or there are a lot of real hobby gamers um, find Ticket to Ride mind-bogglingly numb. Um, yeah, that's, another, that's a case where I think it's actually... Uh, I think there really are layers to Ticket to Ride that sure. most people don't uh, they don't bother investigating farther to see that. No, I like the game. I like Ticket to Ride. I have no problem with it. I, I own a copy. Mm. Uh, I own the, the Europe edition as well. So, I mean, I like it, but a lot of people don't. A lot of serious gamers look at it and, and see a game that has nothing really going on under the hood. Um, and I think that Machikoro is actually a game that has nothing going on under the hood. <laughs> I'm going to put an asterisk next to that until I've had the chance to play it a bit more. You're usually right about this stuff, Steve. But one of these days, I think I will actually sit down with some friends and play that one a few more times, see how it goes. But probably not either of you, because... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. If there's a game you'd like to see in the game spotlight, let us know on Facebook or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. Steve, Emily, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Bye. 
Snakescast is produced by P.T. Douglas. Music is provided by Ben Sound. The opinions expressed on the show belong to the people in it and not the company behind it. See you next week, everyone. Game on. <laughs>